Hunting is not easy. It never has been. It takes dedication, motivation, a lot of patience, and quality gear. If you manage a food plot, put up stands, or need just one more game camera, we can help at MidwayUSA.com. We opened our doors in 1977 and continue to put customers first by offering super fast, same day shipping. For just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. When it comes to hunting boots, how many pairs does one man need? Well, how many seasons are there? Turkey season? Deer season? Duck season? Dove season? Honey, how many pairs of boots does one man need? At least one more pair. For just about everything for hunting, go to MidwayUSA.com. I'm Larry Potterfield with Midway USA. Thanks for your business. Welcome, boys and squirrels, to the Northern Outcast Outdoors podcast, The Outcast, your home for all things hunting, fishing, and ball busting related. Powered by Citizens Hunting Co., AF Custom Calls, and Hour on a Limb Manufacturing. So, this is season two, episode eight. All right, we're going to get away from the fishing talk because that was total bullshit. Yeah, just kidding. I Listen, listen, I loved the fishing episodes don't get me wrong the one with guck hey it's because you just made fun of me the whole time yeah that's what pretty much made me enjoy it the most yes but we have our buddy kyle back here tonight (laughs) hello notice i mentioned back here that means he was here once before twice uh, twice before (laughs) twice yeah (laughs) we'll forget about the second time (laughs) yeah you you made a guest appearance on the uh (laughs) seaburn piece together episode the lost episode of Seaburn. Now we have the, the magical lost episode of the Cal Lambright. So Cal is back. He is way, way less sober this time than he was the first time, let me tell you. So no, more sober. This should be trash. No, way less sober this time. Oh, right? He was yeah. totally with it last time. It was a beautiful podcast. Oh, yeah. Somehow we lost the audio. I apologize. What a what shame. A shame. Yeah, what a what shame. shame. So this time we're going to rectify that. And we're going to give you an opportunity to bounce back player B. And give us a, a beautiful podcast. So, Kyle, what's going on tonight, man? What's happened? Well, it's going to happen. I mean, <laughs> thank you for having me back. Absolutely. We got a little uh, whiskey bent and squirrely eyed last time, but <laughs> you get me talking hunting, and then, uh, you know, it, it was things, things evolve. Yeah. Yeah. And, the the uh, alcohol was flowing. Last it was time. a good time. Indeed. So, why don't you give everybody a little background of yourself, a little introduction, if you don't mind? Yeah. So, um, you know, I grew up, um, basically hunting's always been my passion. I, you know, can remember, you know, watching my dad leave for hunts and it was like, I just wanted to go with him. And all that day I would stand at the window, just wait for him to come home, expecting to see a deer in the back of his car <laughs> <laughs> hanging out of the trunk, you know, yeah. it's a broke trailer boy, but you know, I just wanted to go hunting with dad ever since I can remember and uh, that's really, you know, what started all for me. You know, I knew I was going to be a hunter from the start. And just my earliest days, earliest from memories is just, you know, wanting to go, wanting to go hunting. Yeah. You sound a lot like my beagle standing by the, the window and just waiting for me to get home. Yeah. I mean, that's I basically what I was. You know, I was that dog <laughs> at the window, paws up, just waiting, you know, tongue in, you know, whatever, rearing to go. Yeah, I think I think that's a pretty common thing with this strong hunting culture when you have someone in your family, you know, in the woods. And it was like, man, when you were 10, 11, 9 even, 
you were really itching at it. Like, yeah. what, what is this scouting they're doing? Right. I always wondered in my head, what is this scouting that they're doing? I want to <laughs> go do that. Like, that sounds like fun. Not yeah. realizing really what they were doing right. at all. Like, they were just walking through the woods. Right. Or you going know. to camp, slamming a bunch of beers with right, their buddies, right. you know? Maybe looking for mushrooms. Who knows? Right. I don't know what they were doing, but I always thought this scouting thing was like this big, beautiful, uh, you know, I'm still trying to figure out what it is. <laughs> You'll right. get there, Sibs. You'll get there. Yeah. Sooner or later. You got yeah. You got to be that dog at the window. I yeah. am. Yeah. I'm currently yeah. leashed and being walked around the forest by this core group of guys, and they're, they're teaching me the ways. <laughs> Pretty soon you'll know what scouting is all about, bud. Eventually. Don't yeah, worry. but uh, I agree with you. You know, Pennsylvania's been pretty darn good to the youth hunters, mm-hmm. you know, these days. There's a lot of opportunity. As long as they have a mentor, you know, yep. you can get them out early. Uh, for me, I really didn't get out until I was 11. And it was just, you know, chomping at the bit that m- first Monday, you know, getting out of school. Oh, and, yeah. I mean, but I didn't even care about like whole, all year, you know, I just was, especially that first year, it's all I could think about, you know, grades suffered a little bit, you know, <laughs> I put them where I needed them to be, but that's right. You C's know. get degrees. That's right. Don't forget it. Yeah, that's right. But really what got me, you know, sucked into is in uh, 1998, I was 14 and I remember it's uh, the last day of rifle season um, for Buck. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Buck was like the first week or something back then. Uh, they had a, what, a three-day buck season or something along those lines, or yeah, the first week. I can't remember what it was. It was 98, you know. I mean, 98, I wasn't even hunting yet, so. Right. Um, <laughs> anyone else want to chime You put me in? in my place there, <laughs> a little fart around here. But I remember <laughs> it was the last day, and my uh, father had, you know, all but, you know, we all but hung it up, and he had come to get me out of my tree stand, and. I got down out of the tree stand. I'm like, Dad, give me one more bullet. We got to walk through the field to get back to the truck. And, uh, you know, as luck would have it or fate, you know, as we're crossing the field, I see a motion to me to stop. And I was about 30 yards behind him. He's like, he's like, Buck, Buck, can you see it? Can you see it? And I couldn't. And I was like, I just wanted to see. I just wanted a deer on the ground. I was like, shoot it. I can't see it. So he shoots. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's a solid 120-yard shot. And it was a big-bodied deer. And, uh he hit it and it was in an open field. So the buck really couldn't tell where the shot come from. Ended up this deer full tilt right towards us. And, uh, my dad's yelling at me, shoot, shoot. But you know, in my head, I have one bullet. Mm-hmm. I gotta make it count. And, uh, this deer's running at us. He shoots again. We later find out that he nicks the antler. And then, um, this deer gets within 30 yards of me. And I just remembered tracking it in the scope and I squeezed the trigger and that thing just tumbles, you know, head over heel, 30 yards in front of us. And then I just let out this big, <sighs> I wasn't breathing. <laughs> I had the biggest tunnel vision. And here I got this, you know, big framed eight point, you know, probably 20 inch spread, you know, probably 120 inch deer. And, you know, I was sucked. Yeah, that, that had me. And I've been, you know, at it now for 27 years. And, you know, it's just, uh, it's what gets me. You know, it's what keeps me going, you know? Yeah. It was almost like the old deer hunter arcade game, right? Exactly. Like duck hunter, but with the deer, you know? No, that's yeah. a you great shoot description. Them and they, yeah. and they topple over forward? That thing tumbled, you know, and I was just all smiles. I couldn't wait to get to school, you know, show everybody the pictures. Hell yeah, man. That's what it was all about. Yeah. I mean, I remember dragging that thing. We had to drag it about 100 yards through the field, and uh, that deer was five times the size of that, you know, <laughs> as me, you know? I was about 90 pounds soaking wet, and there's a 200-pound deer. 
And, but, uh, just from then, you know, just that, oh, yeah. I remember that, that drag, you know, that painful drag and I loved every second of it. Yeah. I remember now that I'm thinking about it, I think when I was first started hunting, there was like a three day early doe only season. And then I think the first week might've been buck only for, I can't remember, but there was definitely a buck only season back then because I remember, you know, my dad and I'm always talking about you know, yeah. how they go out and see a hundred doe and they can't shoot any of them. Yep. You're just looking for the slightest bit of antler back then. So yeah. One, that's a great buck, but two, I mean, what a memory, you know, your first, right? Is that your first buck? That was my first deer. That was your first deer ever. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, pretty so, impressive. Yeah, I mean, you know, I wanted a deer from the start, but to get one that decent, oh, I mean, yeah. especially back then in 98 when, you know, all your oh, grandpas dude. and uncles are shooting spikes and Yeah, if you shot four a four points, point, yeah, you, you were, were the man. Yeah. You were the man. So now, I, did you have like a camp that you guys all went to or did you go camping somewhere? So this um, property, actually, I still hunt it. Um, it was my father and I had done some work for the, the farmer. Mm-hmm. Um, we put a roof on their shed and did some siding work and things like that. And through that, my dad, you know, kind of scoped out the property and he knew where, you know, I was addicted to hunting and hadn't even been out. So he worked his way in there and we got access to the property and I'm still friends with the property owner right now. Awesome. Yeah, it's it's gone downhill a little bit there. But, you know, to go there and reminisce a little bit, it still, you know, brings yeah. me back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Everyone everyone should remember where they shot their first deer, mm-hmm. their first buck. Sabelli, you, you remember? Uh, uh, let's uh, let's keep moving along here. Uh, so, uh... <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's cool, man. That's, you know, we talk about a lot on the podcast about, like, that was first years those early years of being a rifle hunter and like that was the tradition pa mm-hmm. tradition like we're talking first day you're talking first day rifle you yeah. know that's what everyone looked forward to it was like we used to call it bloody monday yeah that was our thing <laughs> you know bloody monday and that we loved it it's just the anticipation you go out and you stay you know we used to camp a lot and we'd stay all weekend and then wait for that monday to hit and man you're just like yeah. well if you're like me it's better than christmas morning well it, it still is definitely it, it is. It's yeah. more anticipated than Christmas mm-hmm. morning for sure. Now, mine's maybe shifted a little more towards archery first day, but yeah. regardless. That's only because of the crowds. Out. I'm the same way. Yeah. So, shit, man. You are old, huh? 98. Jeez. Anyways, moving along. <laughs> yeah, moving along. So, you're you're a PA boy, you know, born and raised. But, you know, as you were introduced to us, more or less, you're more of a like an, a Western hunter kind of guy. You're the guy that has shot muleys and has been out West hunting a lot. How the hell do you get into something like that? Yeah. Um, well for me, you know, I, I got pretty good at hunting whitetail and, um, eventually I, I figured it out that, you know, the harder my seasons were that the more memorable they were. And that even meant more, you know, when, the, when I had success, you know, I started to find out pretty quick that my more painful or uncomfortable hunts were the ones I actually wanted to participate mm-hmm. in. So, um, you know, I started, you know, pushing myself and, um, I started, we had a camp in the Alleghenies or we still do. And I just wanted to go further and deeper for some reason. And just, you know, I wanted the success. I wanted to get a big buck in the mountain. So, you know, pretty soon I'd found myself, you know, outpacing my uncles, my grandparents, my brothers, and I just going deeper and deeper in the woods. And, um, I had some success and pretty early on, I figured out if you're going deeper in the woods 
It's going to be a painful drag out. And, you know, that's what I wanted. But I knew in the long run that wasn't sustainable. Um, I remember one buck I had shot in the Alleghenies. It was about two miles from our camp. And the majority of the drag was uphill. And I had shot that deer, nice six point, um, make a long story short, but uh, it was at 10 a.m. And by the time I got back to camp, it was going on eight (laughs) o'clock. And I come home to camp, you know, I got a million text messages, you mm-hmm. know, mom, grandpa, you okay, are you okay? I'm like, I told you before I left, I said, if I'm not back before dark, that's a good thing. That means I, I got what I was after. You know, I'm good. Don't worry about me. And, you know, what really got me into thinking, you know, about going out west is, um, I don't know if you guys remember, but um, The Wild Within was a TV series that came out in 2011 and featuring Stephen Ranella. And, uh, it was just a one season. I just had, it was on the travel channel and I stumbled across it. And his message was that, you know, it's doable. You know, if you want to do it, you know, it's not going to cost you a million bucks. Prepare yourself, save a little bit of money and go after it. And then pretty soon after that, he launched Meat Eater. And that was just a TV show that, you know, I look forward to watching and still do. You know, I would just take in all the content I could and I just wanted to go out west. I mean, makes sense, but. I, I, I understand the itch, like the itch to mm-hmm. go for. You're you're one of them what's over the next ridge kind of guys, right? Exactly, like you just yeah. got to keep pushing forward. I do that to myself way too much. <laughs> sometimes not to my own benefit, like you said. You yeah. mean, sometimes you get back in there and you expect it to look one way and you're like, yeah. damn, I'm a little too far maybe. You know, but how are you supposed to know if you don't go? Right, right. You got to know what's on that next ridge. Right. Right. You got to explore it. Yeah. And I would take in, you know, I was taking all the content I could and, you know, pretty soon I found myself, you know, still doing those, you know, deep woods hunts, but now I'm quartering out my own deer, you know, with confidence and, you know, instead of dragging deer two miles, you know, I'm packing quarters out, getting the whole deer out of there in two hours as opposed to six or eight. Yeah. So, you know, that's that all along, you know, I'm just, you know, I, I didn't know how to make that next step. Mm-hmm. but you know for me <clears throat> the stars really aligned and this is in 2017 but my girlfriend um she's working at a lodge and pack station in oregon for the summer she was a traveling nurse but she would take the summers off and work these pack jobs and the one lodge she was working for in oregon she's like you need to come elk hunt and i was like i don't know i, was like, I don't know if i'm ready she's like dude just do it <laughs> so you know that that uh that summer, I really started preparing and, you know, getting all my gear together, what I thought I needed, yeah, what I hoped I needed, you know. But in, in, in 2017, I, I finally made my way out west and did my first um, elk hunt, which also turned into mule deer and black bear. It's the tags I had that year. So sticking with gear for a minute there, what uh-huh. was like the first piece when you thought, okay, uh, you obviously had that urge. You wanted to go out west. You, you've been seeing you know, Ranella and some other people mm-hmm. doing it and you're, you had that itch. You're like, I got to do it. Yeah. What was the first number one item where you were just like, you know what? That's the thing I got to have. I'm not skimping on it. Yeah. Good pack. Yeah. Yeah. Good pack. You know, and, and it was, you know, that was the one thing I knew I was going to need, you know, especially if I got something, you know, even, you know, hunting deep in the Alleghenies, you know, I, I needed a good pack. I didn't have one at the time. You know, at the time, I was just making an old military pack work. And, you know, 
that thing would be rubbing my shoulders raw. Oh, yeah. 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 There's no frame on it. I just had it loaded down. You know, I come home with like all rope burn on my shoulders and stuff. <laughs> and I was like, well, if I'm going to be carrying something out that's, you know, five, 600 pounds. Oh, yeah. It's like, I, you know, got to have a good pack. Also, I want to keep all my stuff safe, you know. So a good pack was, was priority number one. And also the first year I went out, I actually did a drop camp hunt and it was supplied. So I took a little bit of the pressure off. So sure. most of the stuff was there. I only had to bring what I needed to hunt and my food. And that was, um, in 2017, that was a late September hunt. And that ended up being in the peak of the rut. And, um, I wasn't complete, completely prepared that year, but just the rut activity just had me. I mean, I would go to bed hearing bugles. Oh yeah. And from night one, you know, I got, I got packed in on horseback, which was awesome. <laughs> You know, you dream about that as a kid, you know, getting packed in on a horse, you know, that's the typical Western hunt. How far in did you go on horseback? This was uh, about seven miles. Seven miles. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a pretty good little hike. I don't mean, even want to drive seven yeah. miles. Yeah. Almost, almost a couple hours, maybe a couple hours. On no, horse? it's all uphill. <laughs> this is, um, this is in Northeastern Oregon, which I should say, um, yeah. About as much as I'm willing to zone yeah. in on my yeah, I mean, that's, location. It's that's it's in the deep. Eagle Caps, you know. Um, the Eagle Caps they call the Little Alps, and I believe that's where Cam Haynes kind of cut his teeth too. Okay. And um, it is. It's beautiful country, but it's steep, it's rugged, and the pack in um, all but that last mile is all uphill. Jeez. Have you ridden horses prior to this? Yeah. Okay. So you had a little experience. A little experience. And you were with other people in this camp, like people you knew nope. or people you didn't know? No. You were all by yourself. This is completely solo. <laughs> so I had to yes, actually. He's a madman. <laughs> so he's, he's a madman. Your first trip out yeah. west mm -hmm. where you were uh, him hauling around, I don't know if I want to do that or not. And then you go on a solo pack in, yeah. drop camp, yep. horseback ridden in where yep. you can get thrown off this horse at any time. Mm-hmm. And you're done. No cell service. Um, yeah, we're not talking thing to Kyle had, right now yeah. if that happens. Only thing I have is a GPS, you know, a Garmin with the SOS button, you yeah, know. The oh shit button. Oh shit button. Yeah. And uh, how was that ride? I mean, uh, listen, I just rode my first horse ever yeah. this past weekend, so I'm kind of pumped up about it. <laughs> All right. I want to talk about so the you, horse. You're going to be packing. You should. You're going with me next year is what yeah, you're saying. That's what yeah. I heard. I'm in. I'm ready. All okay. right. Let's go to Wyoming. See you in hell. Did I just sneak Wyoming in there? Yes. Um, yeah, but I mean, rugged uphill, yeah. dude, that's, that's kind of intimidating. How do you um, even know where to go? I mean, are they pretty defined trails? Yeah. So it was semi-guided. So okay. it okay. was a, it was a drop camp in the, um, lodge had had, you know, they had a couple reserved campsites for hunters. Gotcha. So most time, at least, you know, where I've been, you know, in Oregon, they're very defined trails and even Onyx, I mean, Onyx is, I, I had it that year. Thank God. Um, but Onyx has, you know, great mapping, you know, not to name drop, but, um, I, I really think they have a great product and all the trails are, you don't really got to worry. It's not like hunting the Alleghenies where I've gotten lost millions of times. Oh yeah. It's, it's but insane. Yeah. Out West. I mean, it's open at least where I was and you're actually, you know, you're always in the sight of a mountain or two, which you can kind of figure it out. And if you got Onyx. Um, you're pretty much set. There's nothing. You got to you got to name drop some some products too here. What's the what was your go to backpack? What's uh... oh yeah, Stone Glacier. Oh, That's right. uh, where'd you pick that up at? 
That's a oh, meat eater. Yeah, really? they, they sucked me into that. Mm-hmm. Oh, you can't go wrong. USA made, Great Bozeman, Montana. One, you're, you're one I, TV show away yeah. from just buying everything. Yeah, huh? that's right. <laughs> they, you know, you can swindle me in Hopefully anything. You not see any Lamborghini commercials anytime Yeah, soon. that's what I'm thinking. Oh, I got, you know, if you put a, you know, elk in the back of it, <laughs> then I'll, I'll probably buy a Lambo <laughs> right, for right. sure. But oh, uh, yeah, so I was six to seven miles deep. Uh, it was the peak route. is probably about the third week of September. Um, like I said, I, I, I didn't know what I was doing. I was really just running around chasing bugles, Yeah. but I saw a lot of elk and I saw a lot of good elk. I had opportunities that I passed up just because I saw, you know, oh, what I could no. have. Yeah. So I got roped into that, you know, but I wanted to make it worth it, you yeah. know? And, yeah, of course. Um, I didn't, I didn't want to be pegged as like a trophy hunter, but you know, I was out there to, to hunt and to chase bugles and, and get a feel for it really that first year. And, um, my closest encounter that year was with a big six by seven and it was within 30 yards and I'll never forget him ripping a bugle and I'm not kidding you. I could feel it just vibrate up through my legs. And, you know, I didn't know back then, you know, he was only like 30 yards behind this spruce tree. So I drew my bow, but immediately he chirped and he just took off down a hill, like a bolt of lightning. No. Yeah. And he was chasing hot cows. I mean, it was just that first year. Like if I had that year back, yeah. it was it was just a great year to just get get me completely completely roped in to chasing elk. You know, that was supposed to be like a once every five year thing, and then I ended up going back four years straight. Perfect. Yeah, Perfect. you were chasing the high, man. Mm-hmm. You were chasing the high. There's nothing wrong with that. That I mean, to be honest, the PA hunters we have a little bit of a pride issue at that yeah you know, we're, we're a little bit of pride folk mm-hmm. and i could see you going out there having obviously a lot of nerves and stuff but once you get into the woods you start putting your woodsmanship in play and yeah. you know really getting after it to even have an opportunity or even find elk a lot of times from what i understand your first year do it yourself type style that's very very tough yes yeah. it's, it's a hell of an accomplishment I had to say, you know, I was, I was pretty lucky you know i got you know with the uh lodge they put me in a great spot and I had a great packer that year. He wanted nothing but for me to have success. Yeah. And looking back at it, you know, I can get into it later, but I've not had the same experience with packers. Um, but the, there was a couple, the, the major lesson I learned that year is uh, chasing bugles. You know, I got a little bit too roped in and ended up dropping my pack. And oh, no. I, so I dropped my pack and I place a pin on Onyx. And then I continue on and I'm chasing bugle. I mean, it's a big bull. I never got eyes on him, but I mean, he was only within 40 yards. It's just, you know, in a bad spot and he's just all over the place. So I dropped my pack thinking I could get close. You know, I'm doing all the textbook stuff, raking trees, making all kinds of ruckus. But, you know, I was also out in the open in hindsight, not the best place to be. (laughs) (laughs) So he was kind of on the edge of the opening and I know he caught me. So I ended up chasing him and I don't know how far I chased him, but I went back to my pin, you know, cause obviously I didn't have success and I went go to uh, go pick up my backpack and there's no pack. So what I found out, you know, came later on, you know, it takes on X a, a minute to catch up to your GPS location. Yeah. So you, you, if you're going to drop a pin, you want to give it a minute or two, <laughs> let, let that pin float for a right. second. Let it float yeah. before you take off running and, um, I searched for my pack. I lost a half a day, you know, um, looking for my backpack. I had everything in it. 
I really, you know, shouldn't have been hunting without it. You know, I just told you how important it was. So I trusted <laughs> it with my life. And then here I was leaving it laying on the ground. Yep. And um, I ended up leaving that day and going back. It was a long night in the tent. And I went back to the same location. The next day, I was very lucky. After about three hours, I just stumbled upon it. Uh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was just doing circles around. but And I found it laying up against this tree olive green backpack against a gray tree you know kind of tough to see and um luckily found the pack and then started raining and by that time it had gotten dark so i was on my way out and uh came across a bear (laughs) oh nice yeah so i didn't even know until i had basically walked up on it and i just heard this i started smelling this weird smell i'm like man what is that smell and i keep marching along and all of a sudden, I hear this weird, like, chirping noise. I, I see all, hear all this commotion. I look up. All I see is the back end of this huge black bear. To me, it looked like gray-faced. I mean, I'm not the best at judging bears, but I would put it in around 300 easy. And that thing took off down the hill, you know, thankfully. And I ended up, you know, between there and my camp, you know, I, I went ahead and kept marching. And I actually came across a dead 6 by 6 bull elk. And this bear had basically had it just completely ripped apart and there was a bear den there there too and i found an arrow in that you know pile in that carcass and all i can i don't know how far that bear drug that thing yeah but i'm telling you man it probably drug it a while and that's probably why that hunter didn't find it but that (laughs) bear i went back the next day and the only thing like left of that elk was its head i just crushed it like within a night so that was Jeez. probably like the highlight of my trip, you know. Yeah. And lessons learned, you know. Yeah. For that first year. I mean, you still got to put your hand on some bone, throw your tag on its ear, bring it home, say, "Hey, look what I did." I thought about it. I'm <laughs> kidding. You know, I'm kidding. <laughs> in Oregon, I could have, and really? uh, I didn't know. You know, I didn't know what the regulations were, so I thought it was best to let it lay that year. That's a good but, call. Yeah, I found out later on that I could have, you know, spent my tag on that on that elk really? if I wanted to bring it back. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So my last day, I could have went in and tagged it. Right. Came on your out way out. Yeah. yeah. Hey, look what I found, kind of thing. Get I'm it? Like, yeah, I got yeah. hungry on the way back too. Just <laughs> yeah. ate the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to leave too oh, much. Oh, my buddy's behind. like, "Where's my elk meat?" Yeah. Like, Sorry, man. I, I, I didn't already. pack enough food for my trip, so I cooked yeah. it all. Yeah. And the bear got what was left. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, the the bear experience and and chasing bulls first year, man. That's awesome. Now, you mentioned you went back, what, four years in a row after that? Yeah, so real quick, I went back um, my second year. It was a totally different hunt. I went back the first week, which in Oregon was the last week of August and in the first week you know, first week of September. And what I found out pretty quickly was the how much of a different hunt that is. Yeah. Um, there was no bugling. Um, I would call... Um, couple times you hear like very just low-key bugles talking back to you but i was like i don't know if that's another hunter i don't know what's going on it's really not the sound i was looking for um and there was a lot more pressure that year i don't know if people in that area like to hunt earlier on more of a spot and stock kind of hunt yeah um not relaying relying on the calls as much um but yeah i mean it was drastically different that second year and about the highlight the highlight of that trip is I did make my first uh, western kill and actually plucked a few grouse out oh, of trees. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you know, the first year I, I saw all kinds of grouse, and, and then the uh, 
Packer's like, why didn't you shoot him? He's like, those are good eating. It's <laughs> like, I didn't know I could. He's like, yeah, you can shoot those. So the next year, I, I I was sure to you know get a little blood on my on my boots. You don't there need you any go. sort of extra. Nope. Licensing. You just have your that? general hunting tag. Yeah. Nice. Yep. Comes with the tag. Yeah. So hey. that that year, you know, I had it. I had the same thing. You know, mule deer tag, um, black bear tag, elk tag, and uh, I actually got a mountain lion tag that that year too because I found out they were pretty cheap. Oh yeah, yeah, they're really cheap. Yeah, for bear and lion, you can get you know those tags thirty bucks a pop. You know, the the elk and mule deer are going to cost you a little bit more. And actually now, um, which I've the fourth year I went back, you actually have to draw a mule deer tag for archery. Um, really? Their numbers are down a good bit, at least in that area. So they're a little more strictly managed. But uh, yeah, that second year is is totally different. Um, but you know, I still still learned a lot. Um, you know, I remember I was chasing bugles down a hill that that one one of those evenings and ended up in some alder and I was just you know I couldn't see. I tried to save my flashlight you know as much as I can. And I got back to camp and I found, you know, I was missing two arrows and, you know, you think about things a little bit differently. <laughs> I should tell you this year I was out there for 12, 12 days and I was 12 miles deep. So a different campsite, um, completely solo again. And, um, I, all I could think about was I got back to camp, you know, I was like, man, one of those arrows could have fell on my pack and, you know, went through my leg or whatever. I was like, you yeah. got to pay a little more attention, man. So that was the year I really started to, uh, kind of you know, be a little more present out there, mm-hmm. you know, not get roped into, you know, chasing every bugle or in that case, it wasn't much of a bugle. It was more of a chuckle, Yeah, you know, but when you're not hearing much, you, you just want to go after everything. So that was more open ground, not like the real dark, thick, heavy timber kind of areas. It's more open. There's patches. Yeah. The area I hunt in Oregon, there's a lot of burns. Um, so it's a lot of dry dirt, um, mountains, rock slides. Yeah. You got you got a little bit of everything out there. Hey, hey, Sabella, you know what those rock slides are called? What are those called, Chuck? Scree. <laughs> <laughs> you and your scree marketing. <laughs> Is that what it's called? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah how witty. <laughs> <laughs> but there was another cool thing that year. Um, I actually called in a forest fire that year. You caused a forest fire? Is that what yeah. you're saying? So you called one in? Called one in, yeah. Thank God for the Garmin that year. Uh, is that the oh shit button it's like every year i go out there something crazy happens and you know that's why i love it so much it's it's a freaking adventure and um i actually was coming down you know it was august and uh, the night before i'd seen where some other hunters had made campsite on this one hillside you know way across from where i was but um the next day i was like man it's more smoky than it should be i was like i better you know check my maps and I didn't see anything because on X will put the, you know, current fires and stuff. They'll mark it on the maps. And I didn't see anything. So I went up the hill and did some hunting, had a pretty good hunt, saw some elk, but, um, just some cows. I, I decided not to shoot cause I was just miles from the camp. And it, <laughs> again, you know, I just wanted the bull. I don't know why, but I decided not to shoot. So anyways, I'm, I'm marching back down the hill and I was like, man, that is a big campfire. And I was like, that is in the <laughs> same spot where those guys were last night. And I ended up on my way down. I came across a, another hunter and we just sat down on the hillside and we we're watching. We we're like, oh no, man. It's like, for me, this is only, you know, a mile from my campsite and theirs, I guess it was less than that. And I was like, I don't know, man. It's like, this could, as dry as it is out here, 
that could spark in an instant and we could be in trouble. So it was a, you know, we both had Garmin's and we both um, got a hit, you know, he got a hold of his packer. I got a hold of the lodge and they ended up calling in, um, calling in the fire um, to, I don't know, wilderness protection or something like that. Yogi. They called it into me. They called it into Yogi. Yeah, Yogi the bear. Sibs out there. And then my small Cessna. The thing is, they weren't too concerned, you know. They're like, oh, you know, it's, you know, a forest fire. And then they're like, no, he said it was caused by hunters. And they're like, oh, it was caused by people? We'll be in there. So the next day, you know, I'm hiking up the mountain. And I hear, it's my best helicopter impression. That's not bad. Not that was bad. pretty good. Yeah. I had some Vietnam flashbacks just Seth, when you were doing Seth, that. Seth, do you have a better helicopter? I'll give you. Here, let me, let me no, give, give, give you one. Oh, boy, here we go. Well, we can definitely go. Yeah, let's yeah, mute, mute him. We're going to mute him. Exactly. That was terrible. You had to warm up? Well, you got to let us know when you're warm. Okay, here all you right. go. Second I try. I ain't chance to warm up for that. That's all right. Second try. Ooh. All right. You know what? I had a listen, little bit more of an uplift on that one. Listen, I muted him again, but that second try was a lot better <laughs> than the first. a little first. bit better. So the warm up actually worked. He wasn't ready to talk, but yeah. He lubricated his lips on that first one. Yeah, so his helicopter comes in, drops off a team of guys, and completely smokes, like, the entire valley for miles and miles. Like, I'd wake up, you know, I'd just got all kinds of smoke in my eyes and stuff. But, you know, they came in, they dropped off a team of people, and uh, they actually watched that fire for two nights, and they got handled and uh, put out, thankfully. But once again, you know, I lost a couple of days hunting, you know, just to people being ignorant, really. Yeah, I mean, anything can happen out there. Fortunately, it was man-made incident, mm-hmm. but... You know, in the same sense, it's it could be any at any time a fire can come through and you're done. Yeah. You know, and if you you, you kind of got lucky that you ran into someone, kind of talked it over and yeah. made the right choices. But, you know, sometimes you don't know that that's, that's that was my frame. You know, it's like, oh, you know, I could wake up tomorrow and be completely surrounded. Yeah. You know, at that point, you know, I'm just going to have to leave all my gear and get out of here. You could wake Didn't up. Didn't you say, Kyle? At some point, you had to set your alarm and wake up every like thirty minutes to yeah. go out and check for the fire in the middle of the night. Yeah, I mean, we could make this super long. We got <laughs> talk here all Listen, night. We got we got saying to me. I don't know why. But. Yeah, well, that you know, being alone out there, it's something you think about. You know, you got to think every situa- situation through as much as you can. And and I did, and I set my alarm a few times that night just to get out. And my you know frame of thinking is if I see orange, all right, grab the backpack and go. You know. But luckily, yeah. I'd go out and I just see the stars and basically the haze of the smoke. That's wild. Mm-hmm. So, how bad did it end up getting that fire? Do you know? We got in contact pretty quick. Um, so, most of the burn was underground, um, which is why they had to leave a crew there, you know, just to make sure it was controlled. Um, but it was pretty secluded. That's yeah. good. Yeah, that's we good. saw it quick. And that's year two. That's year two. Yeah. Pretty much a wrap. Fire chase you off the mountain. Mm hmm. Not much bugling. Any opportunities? Couple grouse. Actual, you got grouse. <laughs> and, the grouse with the icing on the cake. Yeah, yeah it was. It really was. And uh, um, I, uh, I had, I had chances again. I, um, I had a spike within forty yards, and um, I don't know. I just, I don't know why I didn't shoot, but I just uh, wasn't a hundred percent confident in the shot. But also, I wasn't sure where I was located at. It was pretty much at the top of a mountain. And I was like, if I get this thing, I got to get it down to camp. And I don't know how far this thing's going to roll. Mm-hmm. You know, be, just, you know, being a little green behind the ears still, you know, kept that arrow in the quiver. Yeah. That, listen, I mean, nobody's going to fault you for that. 
you know, it's I am actually. I wanted some of that backstrap. Especially him. <laughs> I didn't even know you then, but yeah. I'm upset that you still don't have backstrap to hand to me this evening. <laughs> we should be eating some milk. We'll tonight. get there. We'll get there. Okay. All right. All right. I Continue. Hope, yeah. Anyways. So that's a wrap on year two. Yep. You went back a third year. Now you're looking for some revenge. You got a little bit yeah. of experience on your hands. I mean, you're you're you're, you're becoming a Navajo at your at this, right, at this right. point. I've spent you know at that time you know quite a bit of time by myself out in the woods. And um, this year, you know, every year has its own challenges. And this year, um, the packer was going. To, um, the, the lodge tried to cancel on me because their packer got bucked off a horse and was injured, and it was their only packer. And you know, for me. That's my vacation. You know, I had it planned. I'm going hunting, you know. You know, one way or another, I was going to find a way. And that year also with COVID, you know, also caused me some roadblocks. But um, I decided, you know, we talked at the lodge and they decided to let me pack myself in. So no horses this time. Um, I actually made the walk in. It was about six miles packed for for eight days and uh, probably had about close to a hundred pound pack. And all uphill again of course I mean, there's no other way to go right yeah. <laughs> gotta hey, go up that's right you know but um billy goat heritage i feel like from <laughs> his ancestors the third time's a charm like you said uh, and uh it, it, i ended up um capitalizing on a, a mule deer that year and uh funny story you know i got to camp and i had forgot my binoculars and i was like well i could burn a day hunt my way back to camp or hunt my way back to the car another six miles or I can just keep hunting. And I made the decision that it was only day two. I was like, and I hadn't really explored much of the country, you know, other than my campsite. So I was like, oh, you know, hunt my way back to my car, grab my binos, you know, start hiking back as far as I can get, you know, build camp for the night. And then, uh, you know, I, to me, I, I thought I needed my binoculars. I, they're a little more important out west <laughs> yeah. than they are here, I would say. I mean, you can get through a night here, and it still drives me nuts. Yeah. I, I'm sure same with you if you're up in the tree and you're like, what was that moving? Oh, yeah. You're trying to look. You're squinting at it. You can't see it. And it, it, it bothers you. That's one thing, like, I never want to leave, like, a hunt without anymore. Yeah. It's binoculars. Yep. 100%. Just, even, even just for entertainment purposes. <laughs> exactly. You know, watch squirrels or whatever, right. you know. Right. I, I love them. I love watching wildlife. So, you know, I, I got to have my binos. And so I was trekking back to the car. And um, before I even got the mule deer, um, you know, I haven't talked a lot about this, but that same, you know, hike back to the car, I got on um, a very big herd of elk, herd bull, probably about 30 cows. And I made a very long stalk to within 40 yards of this bull. And, uh, I mean, this could be a whole podcast and me talking about this hunt and I'd love to come back and talk about it, but, uh, just to make it short, you know, I probably never really experienced target panic until that moment. <laughs> it was a two hour stock, uh, dry dirt on my backside, sliding across the hill. And, you know, the last moment I had no water, completely dry mouth and, at last moment, you know, I just lost my composure and a cow caught me off guard and it was probably his head cow. She had me pegged and it's that moment it was like, shoot, or he's gone. Mm-hmm. And I rose up and, and I remember him quartering hard, you know, looking back at me and I was like, I'm going to run the gauntlet on this guy. Had him ranged and everything. And I drew back and I just completely lost focus and I let an arrow fly and, you know, I didn't know where I hit him, if I hit him or anything. And, uh, he ran up a little bit, about 10 yards, 
And then Cal called, you know, meow. <laughs> How wait, you wait. Is hey, that a cat? Hey. <laughs> was it, is it a meow? Meow. Yeah. Meow. Oh, hold on, meow. hold on, Seth. Oh. Yeah, it's the old. Listen. It was old E O. Okay. E-O. Oh, uh, E-O. Yeah. So I gave him one of those, and uh, he turned back, and everything you hear online, it's like, get another arrow in them if you can. Right. They're big animals. You know, and I was shooting a pretty light, fast bow. You know, hindsight, shoot something a little bit heavier, which I am now, but um, shot again. Still don't know if I hit him. You know, just completely unraveled at that time. And he took off and I, you know, sat there and tried to figure out what happened as I'm hearing all his cows just sounding like the hillside coming down around me. And I just like, well, you know, you did what you could, you know, let's see, let's give it time. Being a whitetail hunter, I gave it 30 minutes, but found out pretty quick that, you know, elk are a little bit tougher than whitetails. <laughs> so I started stalking and um, next thing I know, I kicked all the cows up. They had only gone about 50 yards and I'm looking around and looking around for this bull. And I look down and I see a boulder just covered in blood. And I was like, I got him. You know, done deal. So I start tracking and I jump him again. You know, I, you know, being green behind the ears again. You know, it's tough for me to talk about, honestly. It's just a complete F up in my books. Yeah. And I tracked him for about two miles and the blood, you know, as dry as it was, I can only guess that he had rolled in some of that dry dirt, got clotted up. And the blood trail just turned into pin drops. I mean, it was a solid trail for, you know, a long while. And I decided to turn it in that night. And it's like, you know, you know, get back to the lodge, get your binos, come back in here tomorrow, first light, see what you can find. And that next day, you know, I went down, got my binos, got back on the trail. I had everything marked on Onyx, but I just never found that bull. And at that time, it's like, you know, yeah, you have to up. So you got to come to terms with it. Get back to your campsite, keep hunting. Now, did you ever find the arrows or anything? Obvious? Yeah, I found the one arrow. It was had to have been a pass through. Okay, stuck in a tree, you know, right behind that tree. It's quick, a- quicker intermission for uh, the dogs to uh, yeah do their a, thing. They had a good potty. Can't blame them. Yeah, now they're down in the basement. All the dogs are in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right, guys? That was good timing, though. That was like uh, keep you on the you know yeah. Keep you on the edge of your seat there. It was. It was. Awesome. We were all in tears. It's not a good movie, though. I believe I was asking something about pass-through of an arrow. Yeah, I think you asked something about the shot placement where, yeah. you, where you think you might have hit the animal. Yeah, so when that cow made note of me and the giant bull um, also made note of me, he was quartering hard looking back at me. So when the only thing I do remember... You know, before I even pulled back my bow, it's like, I'm going to run the gauntlet on him, which, you know, in my book, it's like aim for that last rib, aim for that last rib and try to do as much damage, you know, going through and hopefully, you know, out the other side, which my arrow did and it stuck in the tree. And, you know, after analyzing the arrow, before I even started tracking, there was a lot of, you know, pinkish stuff on it. And I figured that, you know, it was muscle. So... I don't remember my shot. I know what I wanted to do, but I really don't know where that arrow went. And then the second shot, um, like I said, you know, everything I'd seen online from like born and raised and everything I watched is always get another arrow in them if you can. So I, that's why I tried to cow call, which worked. I mean, he stopped dead in his track, turned back and looked at me. And at this point, he's 60 yards, but it's wide open. 
and I had practiced out to 70, so I was pretty confident. And the only thing is his vitals were behind a tree. Typical, you know? They always are. Funny how that always happens. <laughs> and I was like, well, everyone's told me to get another arrow in them. You know, in hindsight, I probably should have waited. But I slung another one from 60 yards at his neck and probably hit him. I never found that arrow, but I didn't hear rocks or anything. You know, it sounded pretty like I made contact. And, you know, like I said, didn't wait long enough and started tracking too soon. He got up with the cows and they all took off running. And, uh, you know, two days of tracking that blood trail and just never turned up a dead elk. But uh, so you regrouped. I regrouped. Got back to camp. Slowly. I didn't get back to camp. Now, remember, I had success this year. Okay. All right. So um, I decided to stop tracking that bull and uh, go ahead and make my way back to the original camp. I was still four miles. You know, I was only two miles into my track back with my binoculars. (laughs) Binoculars. You know, I need those. As long as you got them. Yeah. But uh, as luck would have it, you know, I'm just uh, traversing this hillside and uh, I happen to see some brush moving below me. I'm like, okay, let's, what's going on there? And I see some mule deer and I had a mule deer tag in my pocket. Now, what I saw come out was a couple, you know, doe. And I was like, oh, you know, just doe. And I keep seeing, you know, oh, there's still some brush moving. Those alders are still kicking around. So as luck would have it, you know, I don't, I didn't, in my opinion, didn't deserve it. But this nice four by three mule deer comes out 30 yards on a hillside downhill totally unaware that i'm there asking for it asking for it he was asking for trouble and he got it (laughs) (laughs) he got it yeah i um i did not have a problem you know after missing or you know after failing on that elk i wasn't gonna miss again and i drew back you know i remember everything about that shot and i released that arrow and hit him right where i wanted to and it just sounded good and that thing just took off you know Whitetail hunters, you know, might be used to that dead run. This thing just jumped. I mean, <laughs> he jumped and jumped again, and then he ended up just tumbling down this mountain into this uh, deadfall. And I was like, oh, success, you know, finally. You know, not just a grouse in my pocket. I got something <laughs> better this time. And uh, it had gotten pretty late by that time. And uh, I remember just sitting down on the hillside after that and kind of gathering my thoughts, you know, and, kicking myself still you know it wasn't as sweet as it should have been you know just because you know the day's events before and uh but you know as a hunter we all experience those moments and uh you either you know turn it in or you freaking keep forging ahead yeah that's what i did every one of those moments has been every single day of my hunting experience so far in the last two years just Just, shooting elk everywhere no just just dog dog shit moments over and over again you gotta hit your button if you want to talk just terrible moments yeah you're shooting elk and mule deer all over the place yep in uh, beaver county illegally throughout the state of pennsylvania every day tied up in his backyard absolutely see what we can do they call me the we can just go ahead and mute him too <laughs> what do they call you? They call me the Benazette Strangler for the Whoa. amount of herds that disappear. Well, you got to keep at it, man. Yeah. It'll happen. It'll be worth it. You know, so that night, uh, you know, it had gotten pretty late. So I, I got down to that deer and, you know, said a little bit of, had a mom, moment of grace and, uh, yeah, drug him down the, to the mountain. And it, it was not far from the trail. You know, it could not have been an easier pack out. And uh, mind you, I still had 
two miles back to the lodge and to my car where I had my uh, cooler and everything else in the car and packed with ice already. So you didn't have anything in at that camp that you initially hiked No, I, I had at this point been away from my camp for three days. Yeah. Yeah, so um, a lot of my gear was still there and all my mountain house and stuff, you know. But I ended up spending a night, an extra night at the lodge, you know, a couple of nights, which wasn't bad. Ate a good meal. But uh, I packed out. I actually cached the meat that night. So I quartered the deer up, hung all the meat up in the tree, you know, what you see you don't want to bear get to it and uh i had a really big elk quarter game bag and it was white orange on it so i hung that up and as a little bit of a deterrent because there were bear in the area and uh you know that was a restless night you know i had i got <laughs> two miles back to the lodge back downhill back down mountain and uh i uh had a restless night got back out first thing and uh started packing that mule deer out i had uh the whole thing in my backpack you know Nice. I, all four quarters, back straps, you know, all the scrap meat, the head, you know, and it was a painful pack out. I, <laughs> I mean, but it was awesome. Yeah, you know, was that's what it. I wanted. And I was crossing hunters on the trail out. They're like, oh, nice, you know, nice deer. Where'd you, you know, yeah. I was like, I can tell you, you know, <laughs> get your own, man. Yeah. I got but, them somewhere back there. I don't know. I was yeah. lost. But it was, it was, it was awesome. It was an awesome, painful pack out. I remember getting back to uh, my car and just like, I just threw my pack on the ground and just like laid down on the gravel road, you know, but it was comfortable. <laughs> Pure you know? exhaustion. Oh, my feet were raw at the time, you know, and that's, that's where you learn like footwear is pretty important, you oh, know, yeah. those types of Is this of where you want to plug what the footwear that you currently use now as Crispy well? boots. All right, there we go. <laughs> I prefer the Krispy Kremes, but continue. Yeah, but you know, I hey, thought on, I thought you know, just going out there, I was like, well, you want I, I need something light, you know. I want like a trail boot, you know. I right, want something yeah. light that you know I can be agile with. But when I was going down the mountain with that heavy of a pack, my feet, my toes are just jamming into oh, the front yeah. of my boot. I had no ankle support. My everything was just. I mean, I'm lucky I didn't break an ankle getting right. everything out. So you know, uh, footwear. That's the second <laughs> most important thing so we've after got your the pack. pack footwear okay yeah. let me write these things down you, you know what's funny about this is that's the same face i saw on sabelli when yeah. we hiked 200 yards up this the is, hill in west virginia this, this is year. false <laughs> none of this can be proven this is all hearsay i will take you to court over You're this lucky booer's not here what okay. kind of boots were you wearing you uh, i wear them? uh no i i rep uh tanner i think booer got me on those ones those tanners danner danners i like danners Nah, danners and tanners are the same thing so look, we'll get him there, people. We'll he, get him there. He's got decent boots. It was a fact of that he was dressed for the Arctic oh. on a fifty-five degree morning oh. on oh, a spring yeah. turkey hunt. Oh god, you smelled real fresh, huh? <laughs> well, I tell you what, I, when I wake up in the morning, my body's just old and decrepit. And I, it was it was a little chill to the air, and I was like, man, I'm just freezing cold. I'm just like layering up. You'd think like I was leading some sort of expedition to the Arctic. And both of them were just looking at me. They're like, "Did you know it's gonna like warm up a little bit?" It's like, "Ah, don't worry about it. I'll be fine. I can take all this stuff off." Well, fast forward a, a slight brisk uphill jog to get to this spot where Chucky was setting us up at. I was just—it was almost the end for me. I was getting ready to—if I, I would have had one of those Garmin's with the SOS button, I'd have hit it, and I was only. Yeah. 150 yards from the road and i'd have just had some state cop come over and just drag me down to the well road. i'll tell you man i would have just put a bullet in them and just yeah called it a day <laughs> i get cold easy but you know what i do is i go in basically in my base layer you know especially oh. when i hunt the alleghenies 
it, you know, you're going to be pat, you're walking in, you know, a mile or two hey, every you, morning. You live and you learn. And I've, yeah. I've, I've learned no, the I'm last saying. year, you know. Hey, you got to learn, man. You got to learn. Yeah, but uh, um, I packed that mule deer out, you know, got it all packed and squared away. And I actually went back in. Um, I had a few more days to hunt. And uh, I, once again, you know, had opportunities at cow elk. And uh, I didn't shoot, you know, at that point. You know, I had a really good opportunity the last day. But, uh, so you just hate elk meat. Yeah, this guy. He's Apparently. just a vegetarian. We want to preface all this all. But if he's you, a vegetarian. Yeah, you just hate elk meat. If you do remember, at the start of this hunt, my packer got hurt. So if I shot that elk six miles deep, I would have been packing out another animal, which tail between my legs, you with, know. With your non-crispy boots uh, at the time, right? You didn't no, have crispies or I Jeff had crispies. crispies. Oh, then you're good. I know. So I remember no, I when Kyle bought his crispies. I, I'd never heard of them. And I remember being in Harrisburg with him for the outdoor show. And he's like, let's go look at these boots in this booth over here. I'm like, okay. I did not expect to see him drop $450 on a pair of boots. I was like, dude, are you, what are you doing? Like, I felt like (laughs) taking his wallet from him because I'm like, what are you about to do? But apparently they're worth it. In hindsight, they're worth it. I did not have Krispies that year. (gasps) See? In hindsight, this is I, all, you just uh, said that this you is were all packing a sham. that. No, wait, wait, wait. 19, I had I both. I had both. I had the Krispies uh, yeah. and I had the, the. I had the Krispies and I had a pair of Columbia like trail boots. And the trail boots is what I decided to pa- go in with, which amateur. Which in hindsight was not good. If you only know? he had a pair. Of and then when I went back in. <laughs> I messed up Aaron. <laughs> when I when I went back in after I got back to the truck, I actually I put my crispies on and I was like, these boots are heavier, but I they feel like pillows on yeah, my feet. They will never this leave your feet is again. way better. And see, those boots, I'm still rocking them. I, they've been, they've yeah. seen some stuff. We have the same boot, right? I don't know. They yeah. uh, the are you 400 gram insulate? Uh, Not 200, but it's the same ones. Pretty sure. I don't know. They're all great. Yeah. Yeah. They're phenomenal. Yeah, so that was uh, that was year three, um, finally capitalizing. Awesome, mm-hmm. got it done. You got, got it done. You finally got some meat packed back with you, and you, it was good. I'll tell you one thing about that meat is there's a lot of sage um, and uh, wild uh, peppermint. Okay, in this area, and that meat was super pink, and it had just a hint of peppermint flavor to really? it. Really, which did not upset me. I'm yeah. not a peppermint guy. <laughs> But, but I don't know, maybe it's as hard beer. as I worked for it. I don't know. <laughs> you know, everything tastes better when you work hard for it. So No doubt. I mean, finally, yeah. after three years, it, you know, everyone back home is thinking, mm-hmm. who knows what this guy's doing out on that mountain, you know, for two yeah. years, not bringing He's anything He's talking back. about meeting yeah. guys on these weird yep. scree trailheads. Yeah. And- <laughs> I always promise my coworkers jerky and stuff, and I always come home empty-handed. It's like, sorry, guys. Yeah. Rumors start to fly. All I'm saying is that that last dog break, I... I Wrote down dog broke back break, so I'm just saying. <laughs> That's for the Patreon episode in case anyone wants to help support the channel. Yeah. Sibs will be narrating that one. <laughs> Why can't I quit you? <laughs> oh, shit. All right, so you had a year four, though, correct? Oh, I did, yeah. Yeah, and that was last year. And, uh, oh, okay. I mean, um, I finally drew a rifle tag, and, uh, you know, I, I drew that tag, and I'm like, oh, piece of cake i know the area i know the animals i know everything but one thing you can never predict is the weather and i think i can speak for a lot of oregon hunters last year for that rifle hunt it's only a week long seven days okay 
and we had a wicked storm come off the coast. That coast pushed all the way east to where I was hunting, and it dumped about two feet of snow on the campsite where I was to be packed in. Again, different packer. And like I said, the first year I had a great packer, and I keep cycling back to it. I mean, dude was great. First two years, dude won nothing but success for me. And then I just never got that again. Yeah. Um, you want to give a shout out to this organization? This no. This group? No. Oh. I give too much info away. Oh, yeah. all, right. all right. So this okay. whole COVID thing is, you know, the good packers just didn't want to work anymore or what? Yeah. Well, so like I said, you <laughs> they know. They were all home on unemployment. <laughs> it was two days before the hunt started and um, they got all this snow. And there was actually a elk hunter who was dropping his gear off who got stranded. And he actually needed to be rescued shit yeah so they called it just a disaster when you go out west. i'll tell you man but that's why i love it it's always a story and uh this guy he packed in all his gear and he got caught in this storm and they sent forest services in for him um they didn't find him until the second day he couldn't the storm was so bad that he couldn't find his campsite so the dude ended up like sleeping under a log is lucky to be alive wow. he's a resident hunter lived in the area went up just couldn't get back down Jeez. yeah so you know you sure you want to go out his there, name somebody? was joe seaburn <laughs> <laughs> his name was john Cena. <laughs> yeah so the the weather um i also did not feel good i'm not gonna say i had covid or didn't you know i just did not feel myself that year and dealing with the packer um he wouldn't pack me in it, you know i get it he's like you know, some guy's stranded up there. I'm not going to pack this kid in all by himself. And I said, to hell with it. You know, I'm going in, you know, whether you take me or not. So I found another route in to um, one of my other campsites, 12 miles. <laughs> I loaded up my backpack. Um, it was supposed to be my, my girlfriend and I's vacation. Uh, the weather pretty much ruined it, but she's a trooper. She took me, she dropped me off at the trailhead. We said our goodbyes, you know, and I, I started tracking in 12 miles. I burned a whole day hunting um, just to get to a campsite. I, I did hunt a couple of days around the lodge. Didn't really have any success. I felt confined. You know, I wanted to get out. I wanted to roam. So I did. You know, I went in 12 miles. And, you know, I the other problem I ran into is I crossed a lot of wolf tracks. And, you know, I don't, I was by myself, but I don't really... I don't really pay much attention to it other than that oh god now i gotta compete with the wolves too you know i'm not the apex predator out here mm. you know and and what i had learned pretty quickly is that i was hunting pretty high country you know for that area you know that the the area i'm hunting is anywhere from four to eight thousand feet which isn't crazy high but that's all in the same little bubble you know yeah. it's a lot it's a lot of elevation change and you know the wolf pack had come through. There's a couple wolf packs they're keeping track of in the area. And what I can gather is that they pushed the majority of the elk out of the high country and down, you know, into pretty low elevations, which I wasn't hunting, wasn't familiar with it. Pretty dense now, forests. Does the snow do that as well? Yeah. Yeah. Snow yeah. would do that too. Um, so between the so snow, combination of both, yeah. it seems like really screwed you up. Something that I thought was going to be a lock, you know, I, yeah. you know, it's like yeah. this piece of cake. And that was maybe the frame of mind that did me in, you know, in the long run. So, you know, I hunted, I uh, hunted my butt off that, you know, and, uh, 12 miles in, I had to pack, you know, basically did a giant loop and I had to pack out, you know, 
12 miles the other direction through the snow. And as I was heading up the mountain on that last day, I came across some, some nice tracks and I was like, well, the big boys were still here. You screwed up. You should have been here, you know? And, uh, it was a tough walk out, you know, as you know, basically post tolling through snow is that snow is super crunchy. You didn't know when you were going to fall through. Right. Right. You didn't know. And I came across that guy's tracks and I was like, he, you know, he ended up only being like 40 yards from his camp, but the dude just couldn't see it. You know, yeah, it was that bad. I can only imagine, you know, what he went through, but yeah. still dude, I'm like, that, when that panic settles in. Oh yeah. And he, yeah. Had, he, he was hiding under, you know, he made, you know, some den out of like some falling down tree and that's how he ended up making it through the night. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, that, that hike out, you know, it's tough. And every time I'm out there, you know, I push myself and, you know, trying to get it done. And that was one of the hardest walks out. I'm like, well, you can quit now, you know, calling, you know, the packer who wouldn't pack you in and let him win, or you can pack yourself out, you know? <laughs> and I got back to the lodge and he's like, dude, I don't know how you did it. And I was like, it would have been a lot easier if you would have packed me in, you know? Yeah. So this guy was from Colorado, eating a big beard and all this, and I'm 130 pounds soaking wet, more like probably 120 at this point, you know, all the calories I burn. And, uh, but you know, if you want to do it, you're, you're going to do it. And, uh, that's one thing I won't back down, you know, uh, this year I'm taking it off, uh, deciding to, uh, pursue some other interests and, uh, pay my dues with the house and, uh, get some stuff organized around my home. But, you know, I'll be back for sure. Mm. Any, uh, heard it here first, kind of breaking news Do you want to share? Well, not really. Um, like I said, I took this year off from the Western hunts, but, uh, you know, anything um, planned for the future for sure. Like set in stone, you thinking next uh, year, year after I'm thinking I'm going to get back next year. Yeah. yeah. It might be a spring bear hunt, but, uh, it might be back, uh, heading into elk country too. I mean, I'm missing it. It's rough <laughs> right now. I can imagine, most people, you know, if you know elk, you know, right now it's the peak rut and, uh, it's tough scrolling through Instagram right now. I'll tell <laughs> About you that. 10 minutes but, ago when we were looking. Yeah, dude. You could see the little bit of life leave your eyes. Yeah, as you were <laughs> especially like Cam Haynes pull out a back. Especially strap. like after oh. that storm last year. I'm like, oh man, these guys, you know, because rifle hunters had a tough time. I'm like, there's got to be a lot of elk this year to be had. But, uh, you know, um, one thing exciting i did go to taxidermy school this year i heard about that yeah so i decided you know it's, you know i spent basically what i would going elk hunting to go through taxidermy and uh you know i'd love to come back talk to you guys about that and i'm excited to get that up and underway and awesome yeah i'm really really rearing to go and you know i i feel very confident and uh hoping to get some clients this year and Got us for sure. You'll have all my squirrels that I kill with our buddy Joe Seaver. I'm not doing squirrels. Yeah, you're you're gonna do squirrels. Money, yeah, yeah. I'll give you a top dollar. Top dollar. Top dollar. Okay. And a tip. Yeah, tip. Just a tip. Who knows? Let's take it easy over here. He's gonna play the game just a tip. Yeah, but how do you think he gets all those hats from Seth? Yeah, that's true. Wink, wink. But, you know, I still got that. I still want that Western hunt. I, I got some backpack uh, trips planned in the Allegheny National Forest. I'm going to, you know, I got, uh, I really would love to get a bear this year. So I'm going to do some archery hunting in the A&F there and spend a couple nights, you know, just to, just to get my fix, you know, solo in the Allegheny National Forest and probably do two or three nights. And uh, we got West Virginia again this year. So I got a bear tag for there too, or I will. And uh, we'll see how that goes. I mean, goes. let's be honest. West Virginia is 
pretty close to Oregon as far as <laughs> yeah, I mean, as far as the terrain, topography, and, uh, I would agree. right? Right. I so think yeah. the screen the is roughly the, the same. Hunt. You want to know something, Seth? That is a hundred percent inaccurate. <laughs> <laughs> But here's the thing that you don't get in Oregon. When we shoot something in West Virginia, we go to the Mexican restaurant across from the hotel. We and do. we get margaritas and we, we celebrate. We have a great time. You wear a sombrero. And we will oh, whoa, wear whoa. a there's sombrero. A, there's a sombrero involved? Every time you, you when shoot we're in a West buck, Virginia, you when you a shoot sombrero. a buck, we go to this Mexican restaurant and wow. we get margaritas. And I don't remember a sombrero, but if if there is one, <laughs> we will wear I think there's a reason it. why you don't remember the sombrero. Yeah. And it's a... It's an awesome tradition, and actually, if we pack out a like last year's first day, we packed out a deer. We got out at nine o'clock, and they closed at ten. I want to say we got there at like nine thirty, and we still had our margaritas and our we got stuffed, and it was it was it was awesome. I mean, it's just one of those things you always look forward to the margarita after the kill in West Virginia. I'm quite envious. Hey, that you sounds know, amazing. I do a lot of solo hunts, but you know, there's something different. You know, going out with a group of guys. I and, may or uh, may not have been invited to this West Virginia. Uh, we're still debating. Uh, no, on no, your, no, 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 no. We I've haven't already, sent your invite out I've, yet, Sid. I've, I've, Is there a lottery system? Can yes. we put in for a I lottery? Was, uh, I was pulled. I actually we did a, one of those blood handshakes where we like yeah. cut our hands like real weird, like skull and crossbones. You gonna wear stuff. your tanners down there? Yes, <laughs> I'm gonna wear. wear your I'm gonna wear my tanners. Oh, uh, good one. It started so, out. Back. It started out me and like my uncle, <laughs> me and my uncle going to West Virginia and his wife. So then I'd I'd be bored, you know, I'd be in the hotel by myself, bored out of my mind. They go to bed at eight o'clock. So I'm like, so I'm bringing some friends down. So I would bring a friend down, and they'd shoot a buck every year. So then it got to the point where I was like, okay, well maybe this year I'll bring two friends down. Well, Kyle came down with me and shot a, the nicest buck in West Virginia. <laughs> Two years in a row. Two years in a row. And then, so then after that, we, we got a little group together where we had a couple of friends come down. And I think this year coming up, I think there's going to be like six of us getting together. And and it's just, it's, I look forward to the camaraderie of like the guys getting together just as much as the hunt now. When I get in the truck and I head south for West Virginia, that's what I'm looking forward to. Just as much as getting in the woods is getting together with the guys and getting the pizza and the beer in the hotel rooms and hanging out. And that's that's just as fun to me. Yeah. About when do you make that trip usually? That'll be the Monday before Thanksgiving. Oh. Sunday we get okay. down there. Sunday usually yeah. by lunchtime we're there. It's an archery or, or gun this hunt? Is a, this is a a gun that's hunt. gun season, right? Yeah, yeah they come in about a week, a week before well, us. To be fair, you, every season in West Virginia seems to be right for the season. As we found out No in point restrictions year. and the rut, I'm telling you, is still in yeah, full swing at that point. The bucks are still... So gun hunting and the rut can't... Can't miss the buck that. I shot last year. Check was, my schedule. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, sir. <laughs> no. uh. Yeah, the buck I shot last year was pushing a doe, grunting, second day of rifle season, and I mean it was probably borderline my biggest buck I've ever shot. I have to, That's I have to awesome. measure him, but he's a really, really good deer, and uh, it was about to run to Kyle. I could not let him do it. <laughs> Three years in a row, I couldn't let him have Kyle it. Kyle was planning on quartering it and hoisting it into a tree just to. <laughs> you know what's funny is we just quarter, so everybody could see it. We quarter. And cape out all of our deer down there. Because, like the last several years, you can do that. You can quarter them out, debone them, and just pack them out. And that's easier than up there in the mountains. It's easier than dragging them. But Kyle is like a surgeon when it comes I've to heard. caping out a deer. It's, he's even better now. I well, think. it was your biggest buck maybe ever, right? Yeah, it was up screw there. Up. Yeah, you do you have any uh, how-to videos for this? Um, no. I think yeah. that's we got some good aerial shots. You got to come but, and see. Well, so. I plan on it. 
we can cycle this back, you know, to me going out west. And little does Seth know, but I'm starting to, you know, get him ready for his trip. Okay, okay. You know, yeah. I've, you know. He's going to bring you to in West Virginia. And you, you got to move him up to the Alleghenies. Yeah, that's right. Yep. And then yep. maybe. See, we'll give Dougie a plug. Dougie's got, he's seen the surgeon yeah, at work. Dougie out. You know? Yep. So, you know, and hey, you guys are more than welcome. Yeah, no, I'll pass. That's a a hard pass. No, you should not. Yeah, it's a hard pass. You should not pass. I'm just saying, like, that whole, I have a West Virginia license thing. You got the margaritas. You know, oh, no, no. We're not talking about West Virginia. He's talking about Oregon. I know. I'm still stuck you're, on this no, West you're Virginia not, yeah, trip. You're not welcome. Well, we'll it. see how he does yeah, in West Virginia, fine. and then we'll get Chuck. Sabelli's going to hunt. I think there's a Walmart, okay, and there's a hill behind <laughs> it. I feel like that's where Sabelli's going to end up. I'm going to try be... to shoot as many doves as I can from the roof, <laughs> and I'm going to have those little dove kebabs waiting for you guys to come back. I hate you. All right. That's cool. I hate everything about you. Sponsored by Tanner's. <laughs> America's Boots. Since 1946. Yeah, breathe. I hate you. Oh, man. Well, that was that was a great ending to that one. Um, I appreciate you, boys. I really do appreciate you. But I need you to give us a, a shout-out because you, you had a little play on words earlier about forging ahead. Oh, yeah, I did. Um, yeah, so um, if you have any questions about going out west, we didn't really dive too much into gear. I mean, a little bit. Um, but, we uh, just gave him a taste. Just a taste, it's a yeah. A little teaser, mm-hmm. yeah. A I tip, got a, if you it's will. Like a wine sipping. I've got a lot more stories. Like anytime I go out there, I get into something. Yeah. Even even hunting, even the Alleghenies, I always get into something. But uh, you know, as far as I see it, you know, you gotta put yourself in some uncomfortable situations, and at times, I don't know who said it, but embrace the suck. You know, I That's think, a great uh, yeah. I mean, I have bad days. I had I struggle a lot, you know. But you know, I'll remember some of my most difficult hunts out west and i'll be like dude you packed out a mule deer a full deer 200 yards you know down 2,000 feet then you know it's that's not that bad you know and uh yeah so you know my whole motto forge ahead so you can uh, get a hold of me forge ahead underscore outdoors um message me for gear tips or uh you know right now it's about the perfect time to start planning an elk hunt if you're thinking about 2023 you know get a hold of me i'm I'm open to any questions, and uh, thank you, yeah. Northern Outcasts Outdoors. Thanks for having me back after that uh, whiskey podcast. <laughs> I thought it was a great you podcast. Guys, we'll have a whiskey podcast. And if you guys are looking for legitimate taxidermy, check him out, because his taxidermy, I've seen one deer head after his taxidermy school, and it's ridiculous. Yeah. The, uh, we'll the get- quality of a deer head that he can do now is, is actually legit. Yeah, what are you going to do with that? Are you going to create like a business, an actual business, or are you going to run We're going to see where it runs. You know, I don't want to take I mean, if someone wants to get taxidermy done, how can they get a hold of you? Yeah, specifically Instagram? squirrels. Forge Ahead Outdoors right Forge now. Forge Ahead Outdoors. Forge Ahead okay. underscore Outdoors. You know, we're going to take it slow. We're going to make sure, you know, that the people I take on this year get some good work back. Sure. You know, I get a little more practice under my belt, and we're going to see where things uh, cascade from there. It sounds good. I mean, I'm all in for shooting a 90-inch deer and bringing it to you. Hey, you guys bring me some work. He needs yeah. something on his website. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean, you know? Yeah. That's exactly right. Little deer look just as good as big deer. Well, that's true. Yeah. Taxidermy's all in the other world. Hey, trophies you know? all in the eyes of the beholder. That's so right. When Sibs shoots that little spike oh, in uh, West yeah. Virginia, I got the perfect... Uh, Any, anything comes over a hill, it's gone. <laughs> got the perfect mount West for Virginia. Oh, I hope it's a turkey, actually. <laughs> We're going to work up to the turkey. We're starting with deer. He's not going anymore. All right. Well, maybe next year. (laughs) Maybe next year. All right. And we can't uh, go away without thanking 
as well seth for coming and hanging oh, out yeah, with I us have and a good time with you guys citizens Always. hunting company as yep. well being one of our sponsors of the show for you guys that's right man we appreciate it greatly yep. Greatly. So check them out on Instagram. Check my boy at forgeahead underscore outdoors on Instagram. Boys, it was a good time. Appreciate you. Thank you. Hey, come on, man.